this kind of party's rocking as always, just like uh, Jagger's hair there, frozen in time. The wonderful Jagger, you back <laughs> on mute, but we can take care. Hey, Chuck, is that the Jared Allen from Kansas City jersey? Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I'm wearing my I'm wearing my own merch. I'm wearing my own merch. <laughs> That's pretty clean, though. Well, I like that. Jagger's back. Welcome, <laughs> folks. It is Dynasty Hour. Chuck is wearing his own merch. Uh, keep repping, Chuck. I, I was just gonna hype you up, bro. I was just gonna hype you up. Like, like he's always got the vintage shit going on. Like, he looks like a, a like like one of those uh, pristine auction commercials is all the time. He's just got a different jersey on. <laughs> like, we need to get them as, as a as a sponsor. Uh, Chuck is here. You could find him at Chuck Bass FF. Also, he hosts the uh, This Guy Sucks podcast. Um, he's doing these uh, blind date podcasts all through the off season they are wonderful you can catch me and justin on one he'll get andrew on one day and speaking of andrew it is mr mallard bringing sophistication to a podcast you can see him at mr mallard real mr mallard and then we have justin herrera at simtex mex 93 you know him as fantasy jesus because he's here to save your lineups and folks we are talking the usual news and nonsense first uh, Andrew, show off those cool stats that we're We're moving quick, guys. Uh, we'll go through the garbage first, and then we'll go through the uh, the, the the big stuff. Uh, the garbage. The first one being Miami offers contract to Cook. We don't know what that means. It does mean that you should be wary of your Devin Shane shares. A lot of people who think that he is going to be an, a bell cow back, I think every indicator says that you are wrong. We're going to do a rapid fire, and then we're going to go on super fast. We'll start with you, Chuck. Go on. Uh, Devin was never going to be a bell cow back. He's a long-term play. He's pass catching third down situation. There's not a running back on the open market that they could sign that I think would impact him in the short term. Uh, that pretty much makes sense. And like, I, I personally <laughs> think that like cook, yeah, that pretty much makes sense. Um, uh, anyone have a rebuttal before we move on to the next one? Say skip. Come on. No yep. skips. Moving yep, on. Yep. yep. Another week, another 49er story, and we're going to chug right past it. Brock Purdy's expected to throw in Jacksonville. Justin, you should uh, he made an excellent point on last week's podcast, so go ahead and plug that one, of what the 49ers are doing. They are panicked telling you that Brock Purdy is ready and he's their quarterback. People like me, the, who own a lot of Trey Lance, I'm a little bit scared. My butthole is slightly tight, and I'm not going to lie, folks. <laughs> uh, we'll revisit that another time. Anyone who has an opinion, say skip. Nothing. We're moving on. And here's one that is actually <laughs> relevant. I think we're actually getting in the into the nitty-gritty. Peyton, Sean Peyton, that is. Uh, the suit is my thing. Bro, I just got off work. I drove two hours to get here. I don't I forgot I was wearing a suit. That's how well I wear suits. Uh suits wear me, buddy. Uh Sean Peyton wants to establish the run. Uh this means a lot for your Samaj P. Ryan and Javante Williams shares. Um, I've been low on Javante Williams and high at Samaj J. Piran price, which is basically fucking nothing. Um, Justin, we'll start with you. Where are you at on these two running backs? 
Uh, shoot. Where am I with those two running backs? Uh, Samaji P. Ryan, I'll definitely buy him on the dip. Uh, but Javante Williams has kind of dipped himself. So mm-hmm. all this tells me is that I should grab a Broncos running back, whether it's Javante Williams at the running back three price or Samaje P. Ryan at the running back five price. Also, this could end up being one of those weird spots where, like, you know, somebody gets hurt and we see Leonard Fournette make an appearance or Ezekiel Elliott. This kind of feels like one of those teams where, you know, Sean Payton, he's digging in deep mm. with this whole idea that I want a running back to where I'm looking at him like, okay, so I'm going to make sure that Leonard Fournette's on my watch list, that all these guys that are out right now are on my watch list because they end up in Denver, that could be a good situation for them. Mm. I, I know you didn't mean to, but what you just said just killed Samaj P. Ryan's value. Because, like, right now his <laughs> yeah. whole value is that, like, no one is there. Oh, my God. Yeah, because, like, Javante Williams is hurt. So I was just like, oh, so I should buy, like, Samaj P. Ryan. Like, he's still, like, nothing. He's, like, worth it. But that means I, like, shouldn't be excited about it is what is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, like, like I agree with you 100%. I honestly thought they would draft somebody because regardless of what Javante Williams is, and this is just me looking at the past, I'm not one who likes to always, like, stay in the past. But, like, I'll, I'll move to you, Andrew. Do you worry that Javante Williams is never going to be the bell cow because his profile fits more into, like, that Mark Ingram role and what we've seen in the teams in the past. Like I see him being the grinder, but the real value is going to be maybe Kendra Miller or uh, actually I'm talking about the Saints. I'm sorry. Maybe Samaj P. Ryan, maybe anyone else catching passes and Javante missing out on those roles. Do you worry about that? Or are you just rolling the dice? Cause it's so cheap. I am worried about that. I'm worried about that with every running back across the league right now, but you know, the Javante Williams, that that first year when we saw him, the, the main reason why that worked so well is because it was it was both him and Gordon. They were both popping off. I know this is a completely different offense now, but I, I don't think he's built to be a bell cow. I don't think that was ever really the plan for him, just like every other running back across the league. So, yeah, sure, worry. But to Justin's point, his values dipped quite a bit. At some point, he's going to become a worthwhile bargain to grab. So this is why I said this is hot because like the fact that you said he's not built for that, that's a little spicy for me. I don't agree with that. Like my whole point is that like Javante Williams is like severely injured and we've seen with like backs in the past where like, oh, he'll be fine. He's built different because of these two other backs that were actual freaks like Adrian Peterson, you know, like, like, like Adrian Peterson, like broke the ACL for us. And now we don't have realistic expectations. And that's what I worry about. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, I'm going to force you to say something on this one because this is a spicy topic and Andrew deserves discussion. So fight back. Here's your sword. Go. So this one's funky to me. I don't, I, it makes sense if you're like trying to win games this year to bring in another running back because of like the kind of like the mishmash they have there. But I think they're going to use this year as a tryout for all the players that are on the roster Judy, Sutton, Samaje, Javante. I mean, Javante's never really, you know, he, I think he has the ability to be, you know, a full-time guy, but he, it's, he's ne- it's never been asked of him in years, to be honest. But I mean, I do think he's capable of it. Samaje is what he is. I mean, he, he, he can handle some rushing work, but he's a scat back all like maximum, I think, to the potential. Uh, and I think Javante right now is basically, you know, come back from injury is what we saw from a healthy Joe Mixon 
last year. So I really like Samaje uh, for what he's going to bring. You know, Russell Wilson was never really a big check down back, but last year they threw to their running backs at a higher clip than most teams in the league, which is really encouraging. Uh, and I think Sean Payton's only going to be better for that. So, you know, a folk, an emphasis on the run game, but I think it's going to be much more the running backs and not necessarily this ground and pound. Um, and not, that's not the right word. Not necessarily just, you know, pure rushing, just running backs involved in the process. For sure, because I feel like the Broncos have already tried to establish a run. They've already kind of proven that they want to be like every down backs. Okay, uh, we got uh, two more pieces of news. This one, I think, but both of these are actually significant moving dynasty value, and that's why I think it's important to talk about these things. Kenneth Walker is expected to get 70 touches per beat writer. And I even put that in a, the show notes because I wanted to bring up on how we treat news like this. It could mean two different things. Someone in your league is going to confirm a bias and panic or some, or, or nothing's going to happen. I know that's like the only two outcomes, but it's important to understand that just like us beat writers are looking for any amount of news while we're in this off season black hole. So for someone who has been incredibly high on Zach Charbonnet, like me as your resident rookie junkie i've been incredibly mm-hmm. high at telling you to buy zach charbonnet this does not sway me whatsoever again it's a beat writer he didn't quote anybody he didn't even say per random source he just said he could get 17 touches and like yeah that's in like the realm of possibilities yeah like i could be president when i graduated high school just like my school mm-hmm. counselor told me but like is that likely probably <laughs> not so like <laughs> Uh, a good Chuck around. Yeah, exactly. Like very, very supportive. Chuck, we'll go mm-hmm. with you. Um, we've kind of been on the same page on, on like how we build our rosters as far as running backs, both in dynasty and redraft. Mm-hmm. How does this Kenneth Walker news affect you? Do you like him? Uh, or are you like me where this is the off season and we take everything with a great assault? Um, I'm sorry. I'm so, you just made me think, you know, my guidance counselor, he touched me on the hip one time and I really didn't like it. Um, sorry. This brings back old stuff. Um, but so as far as <laughs> Kenneth Walker, no, this, this reporting is, um, it's, it's nonsense. It, it's ridiculous. And it means absolutely nothing. It has less bearing than like guys in Twitter mock drafts saying like, Oh dude, Charbonnet is going to be nothing this year. Seattle rush history, blah, blah, blah. Like I take that just as seriously as I take this kind of reporting. Um, I really like Walker. I think he's going to be a player in the league for a long time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in Seattle. Uh, I just think that he has the, you know, the kind of skill set. And if they're not going to put a lot of wear and tear on his tires, I think, I don't know if this is the time to acquire him because we don't know exactly how the split's going to go. Maybe he might lose some short-term value as the year progresses and you can maybe take a swing at him then when his value dips. Um, But as far as what we're seeing coming out of camps and reporting right now, just flush it down the toilet. For sure. I know, Justin, you've been a guy who's been high on Kenneth Walker as far as like uh, higher than I, I would say. I wouldn't say like overly high. And bear with me, folks. I'll reset in just a minute. This is just a weekly ritual at this point, but I'll continue to push through the news. <laughs> Good luck. Sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, does this, does this, could, like, are you in the, the category of this confirms a bias or does, or are you like the reasonable folk where this is a beat writer who's making a story because he can? Yeah, I'm with Chuck. This is a guy who literally said, hey, I've got nothing to do right now. Let's write an article about how Kenneth Walker might get 17 touches a game. Come on now. And, and you know, you guys are pretty much so specific. 
Like at this point, it's like dude, 17 touches a game. Oh, who told you that one? Was it the special teams coach or was it the water boy? Like who got you that little bit of insight there, you know? Mm. So I, I mean, I trust everybody at this point about as far as I could throw them and I can't throw them very far. Um, you know, Adam Scheffner, I don't trust his shit right now because he's just getting it from these same jackasses. You know, at this point, no coach is going to reasonably tell you what their scheme is for a player. So that being said, I do agree with what Chuck's saying. Kenneth Walker has the talent to be a guy in this league for the next five to six years, however long a running back body will allow you to take the amount of hits that they have to take. He's going to be a guy for that duration of time. He was, in my opinion, the best guy to come out of last year. I think Brees Hall is a – he's a really talented guy, but he really fell into the best system for him, whereas Kenneth Walker, I think you can plug and play him in any system. Um, and then, you know, as far as Zach Charbonnet goes, I, I like the kid. I think he's talented. I think he'll get more of the pass touchings or pass touches or catches or whatever. You know what I'm saying. I like pass touches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna go out there and try and buy all the Zach Charbonnets right now. Um, if Kenneth Walker, if this news persists and obviously something happens, then I'll go out and grab him. But you know, that's kind of where I'm at this mm-hmm. point. For sure. And like you pretty much hit every point that any one of us would make at this point. So I'll move on to the actual piece of real news that is actually all this matters. But like the Josh Jacobs news is like roster changing. And I'll tee you guys up with my opinion. And then for you guys who are on YouTube and Rumble, I will reset. But for you viewers at home, I'm going to disappear for about five to ten minutes. Uh, Josh Jacobs it could hold out into the regular season. And why I think this is more significant than most wide re- – excuse me, most running backs is because he's still like 25 years old or something like that. He's still mm-hmm. relatively young. He is the crux of an offense and the crux of not just an offense, but a lot of our, our 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 fantasy teams. Like to me, he's the ideal hero running back target because he still had he's still on like the the south side of like 26, 27, and the production that we've seen him finally realize. So I'll give it to Chuck and then I'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> I hope it's a wardrobe change on top of all that. Um, just for comedy's sake. Um, yeah, this one is tough because, you know, we talked and we all talked about Saquon Barkley last week, and I, I don't feel any differently about Josh Jacobs. Um, these guys are seeing Allen Robinson and Cortland Sutton and Hunter Renfro making $15 million a year, and they're like, wait, how much am I getting paid? I'm getting franchised to hold the ball 350 times, and uh, my team's barely, you know, barely scrapping by to get, you know, wins. Um, just let him do his thing. I mean, I know this is tough for dynasty managers because he was a big win now acquisition for a lot of people. So it's like, oh Jesus, that kind of kills the whole point. But I mean, it just moves my needle in, in no meaningful way. We've seen this a bunch lately. So I'll, uh, I'll let Justin, um, hit the home run here. Yeah, man, you, uh, you put it right over the plate for me on this one. Uh, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> nice. Keep keep the keep the analogy going. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's hope it's not a swing and a miss on this one. But yeah, I mean, I listen, guys. I got a question for you. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall. 
who are you most worried about at this point? Two of them are holdouts, and one of them has an injury problem with the mm. crux of Dalvin Cook possibly getting mentioned by Tyler Conklin as coming to the team. Who are you mm. most worried about at that point? I'm more worried about Hall just because I really am. I'm not worried about these contract situations at all. That's exactly my point. Mm-hmm. These things happen all the fucking time. They get resolved in training camp, if not near the end or the beginning of preseason. Mm-hmm. And then we never remember them because these guys go on to have, you know, a good season yep. or, you know, whatever. I'm not worried about Josh Jacobs. This team is nothing without Josh Jacobs. They pretty much established that. I'm not going to go out and buy Zamir White based off of this information. <laughs> That's just, I mean, come on. That's just not going to freaking move the needle. That's not going to be a good, smart move for you. Only the truly mm-hmm. dumb fantasy players will look at this and go, I need to go acquire Zamir White. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Let me stop you right here and right now. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all I really got to say about that. I hope I you know, cleared the fence on that one for you, Chuck. If not, <laughs> I know LeDuc will hit me right back in. Well, you, you mentioned dumb fantasy managers. If, if... <laughs> going out and getting Zamir White and, or saying that they need to move on from one of these guys just because they're nervous about the contract situation. Hell, you probably have one of those managers in your league. Find that mm-hmm. person and see – just ask what the price is. If they, if you get the sense they're panicking, might as well see if you can get them like super low. Uh, yeah. It's super low value right now. It could be a win for you. Man, I – That's, I mean, that's, you, that's you, all – like this, this, like this time of year when the news is this like – scattered and and dare i say made up to an extent um use that to your advantage see you, yeah we all know the guys right. in our leagues we all know the guys in our leagues who overreact and who panic feast on mm-hmm. them this is the time this is the time to capitalize saying, i would go straight for Brees hall because if this talk about dalvin cook going to the jets keeps on i would just mm-hmm. go to the Brees hall guy I'd be like you hear what they're saying about Brees hall over there they're saying he's not yeah. going to be able to make it and do good this year. And, you know, you might get a jabroni that will actually, like, listen to that and go, oh, wait, they are looking at Dalvin Cook, you know? And it would just be I- so surprising to me if the Raiders the Raiders are going to play hardball. Um, the coach, I mean, McDaniels is on the hot seat. And then on the flip side of it, Saquon Barkley, I mean, he's like the linchpin of the organization right now. I mean, they're not going to yeah. let this continue with the momentum that they have. It's just dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, it'll it, they'll resolve oh, themselves naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's just because he has so many pins in his point. body from all those broken bones. Yeah, physical linchpin, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you back? You good, Jagger? Jack it off. He might be. Like, yeah, I'm good. Bad. Bad. The, I'm oh, back. There we go. Are we? Are we worried on Josh? Jacobs, I'm getting the general yeah, consensus is that everything's probably going to be fine. Yeah. I think we can move on to the meat and potatoes of this thing. Let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's pay them bills then, Jagger. What do you say? I like it. Cool. Okay. Um, fantasy sports club and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season. We're talking off in the QB X strategy. I don't know if- what is best ball. It's Any quite simply the easiest way on. to win. No team management, uh, no trades, 
No way. Fantasy Twitter. It's their biggest contest ever, and it has only gotten bigger. Uh, you simply have to sit. A post that went viral. And win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money, up to $100 using our exclusive promo code? Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Dynasty. TSS Dynasty. The Dynasty Hour. And if you're paying close attention there, you got a little teaser for what's coming up here in this next segment. Yeah, I like that. I like, <laughs> I like that part. Foreshadowing. You good there, Jagger? I think we might. Are we uh, on well, a delay? Yeah, what, what happens with connection issues, guys? I apologize with, with Jagger's internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's trying to talk, but he's on mute. He's, we can see his visual fine now, but uh, the audio is now giving us issues. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, you can jump in here in a second with us. Mm-hmm. But the meat and potatoes, as as Justin alluded to for tonight, is we're, we're talking some different strategies that people in our leagues sometimes uh, employ, employ, uh, deploy uh, for their teams. And one of the ones that are hot right now is the the QBX strategy. Jagger, it looks like you're back. You back? No, okay. No. Uh, is the QBX <laughs> the QBX? Every now and then, I'm just gonna throw a little. You there? Hello. Um, yeah. The QBX strategy, which is which is basically uh, hoarding. It, it's hoarders uh, for fantasy football, and it, it can't it doesn't have to be just QBs. It can be uh, many, many positions, but QB seems to be uh, the way that it's going right now. And I think a lot of fantasy formats uh, mm-hmm. QB values is through uh, through the roof right now. So. Yeah. First question here, are, are you guys in or out? Is it Bush League to hoard QBs Hang on. on your team? Chuck, uh, go to you first. I see your finger raised. Um, I think it's – I don't think anything in fantasy football is Bush League sans like collusion and or, I don't know, bending, bending or manipulating stuff. Um, I love this because theoretically – People that hoard quarterbacks, if it plays out like you should and everybody holds the line like a union strike, that's one less team you have to worry about. Um, Almost always, though, somebody crosses the picket line and trades them like an equal value pick or if not more. And it just kind of slowly ruins and manipulates things. Um, Taking hoarding quarterbacks to me is antithetical to like – hoarding defenses or something like that. Like, fine. <laughs> Clog up your roster with all this stuff. Uh, it means nothing to me. Just everybody, just no union busters. Everybody stay strong. Yeah, to me, to me it's – I feel like no one goes into a draft with the strategy of hoarding QBs or really hoarding any one position. Mm. I feel like it's – it happens after maybe like four round, three or four rounds of – Mm-hmm. The way the the trend of the draft going, the way you were planning on it going, but a few picks before you, and it kind of blows up your whole plan. plan and it becomes almost like a, well, a survival mode. Like that's what it is. Sure. This strategy feels like a, a draft survival mode to me. Justin, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you think people are going into drafts with the idea of hoarding QBs, or is it a survival? No, nobody goes in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of hoarding QBs. 
And I like to call these people conversation starters because these are guys that are not going <laughs> to going, hey, bro, I got yeah, they are. I saw that you have Desmond Ritter and Trey Lance. Do you want to get another mm. quarterback? Nope. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I've been one of those guys before. Um, it's not Bush it's a, it's a thing. Just playing the damn game, you know? Um, and to answer your question, LaDuke, it's completely a strategy that people kind of just like when, when shit goes down and when you start to see people flying off your queue, you start to panic a little bit. Hell and yeah. I know with every position, if you give up, you know, let's say hero RB, you give up on hero RB and you're down to like hitting Damian Pierce as your RB one. Guess what? You're going to freaking go back to back to back to back to back with running backs, trying to stockpile and make sure that you have somebody to field. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just with any position. If you miss out on the first 20 quarterbacks, you're going to try and get the four of the last 32 because you need to make up for that lack of somebody who's like a strong talent up front with, you know, quality or what you want to make up. You want to mix up your quality. No, you're right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) I know what you're saying. Sorry guys. This is my second podcast in a row over here. I'm losing everything, including my mind. Um, It's all good. But yeah, so that's, that's totally a viable strategy. And I hold nothing against them. I like to talk to those guys because at the same time, like they're always kind of looking for something as well as you are. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, if they're going four deep on quarterbacks, that probably means that they skimped on like a tight end or something like that. And you can always yeah. be able to find a way to finagle a deal in your favor, or at least make it perceive in your mind like it's going in your favor, even if you're the loser of the deal. Reality. Well, and you know that person fell into that situation as something they felt like they had to do. So you know they're they're most likely open to trading right off the bat. So you know you're going in with some arguments pre-ready to go. Is it does it become bush league though if the, if this strategy then gets employed, say mid-season to the end of the season, right before playoffs, as a strategy to uh, stop others from grabbing positions that they might need for the playoffs to to uh, so you know reinforce their team. Yeah, then I love it. <laughs> I, no, man, I, I, I still I love not Bush it. League. I, I love it, and I, I love these people because they're just like it's like this whole GameStop thing, man. These people just buy the stock and they ride it, and they're not going to trade it until they get the deal that they want, and it's going to put them out of business. I mean, you start getting to the playoffs and you start ultra hoarding positions. I mean, there might be a conversation to be had if it's boundary pushing. But I mean, for the most part, like I just did a real draft uh, two weeks ago and the guy took in a single league, single quarterback draft. He took Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. And we all laughed at him and we knew we were only competing with 11 people. And then a week later, a guy trades, some guy trades Jerry Judy for Joe Burrow. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like you're, you're giving this guy exactly what he wants. This guy is going to flail away. He's going to disappear. He dust. He already makes hilarious decisions uh let him continue to make more this is don't throw them a lifeline let them drown themselves that all makes sense so then we're going to skip over the next question because i'm pretty sure with the way we've just talked about this we're not punishing any players for employing uh deploying the strategy well, uh, no you know what now, so i have to ask though what would that okay. what does that even look like what does that even look like truly you know like how are you going to what are you going to do 
how would you even punish them? What would somebody have to do for you to punish them? Would they have to start their draft with six straight quarterbacks? I mean, like, where where does the come on guy fall in line? I mean, why would you punish them? They're they're blatantly <laughs> making a decision to be in this position. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like you were saying before, like collusion. You're not trading Joe Burrow for fucking Terrace Marshall Jr. over here. You know, you're just it, <laughs> yeah. it's like the fucking guys who go tight end premium and literally yeah. go first like five picks are tight end. Do you blame them for employing that strategy or do you just say, fuck, you know, like now I got to deal with the Tyler Conklins of the world. Yeah. The punishment is the roster. <laughs> Basically, pretty much. That's what we're getting. That's what we're getting down to. Now I wish. Now I wish we had Jagger on here and mm-hmm. able to hear his audible. I know uh, audible his his audio because um, I I kind of am confused on what he means by this next question about uh, is it wrong to make a personal move, albeit being legal. Um, I'm not sure. Really yeah. sure where that uh, <laughs> what that means. <laughs> Yeah, well, how, I guess the question would be, how do you interpret it uh, just in your day-to-day life? Is it wrong to make personal moves, albeit legal? Um, is that a yes or a no? Or am I supposed to incriminate myself in some way here? I make, <laughs> yeah, personal, yeah. I, I make personal moves on the reg, but they're not legal. Yeah. <laughs> Are the statute of limitations up in your guys' estates too? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, I I live in Kentucky. They're rewriting it on the they're rewriting it on the reg. Um, well, the best way that I can interpret that, unless he wants to chime in, is you know it's like, what is a personal move? What is this? How does this affect me? Regardless of you know if it's kosher or not, right? You know if if it's um an unwritten rule, I guess you could say. Like we don't like to play in leagues where there's like I mean our main leagues. You know, like nobody wants to play in a league with that guy. You know, whether it's, you know, um, somebody who's going to, you know, tank something for one reason or another, um, even if it's within the bylaws, you know, maybe he's talking about bylaws and, you know, fair game and stuff like that. But as far as, um, I don't know, personal moves, it's all personal moves to me. I'm not playing for any of you guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think you're absolutely right there. I mean. It's, it's it really is uh, a thin line to describe what a truly personal move would be there. Um, mm-hmm. And I do agree. Tanking is one of those rare occasions where you can really take somebody's judgment into question there because you're like, what are you doing here? Like you just got this team and you're already trading away for all first round picks. But, you know, I guess the, legality part of that or the at least the part where there's a little bit of justice and consequence to it is now we've decided if you're going to do that you're going to pay ahead of time you're not going to just abandon this team you're going to have to pay for either you coming in next year or us finding a replacement for you to take over the shitty team so Mm. i think that there's always some way around figuring out how to deal with like degenerates. Um, You know, obviously there's, I I always hate the guys that are in the consolation brackets and they're still participating in the waiver wire. I'm just like, I get it. You you still want to win, but let's leave it for the big guys here. Okay. Like don't go out and take, (laughs) don't go out and take Gus Edwards on his first Mm -hmm. start from me just because you want to win your consolation or your 13th pick in the draft. You know what I mean? Like I want to win a title here. 
you should be cut off. That's just my personal feelings about that, guys. I'm bringing the personal into this. <laughs> important. It's important. It's important to um, to be able to pull all that because, like, where where all this stemmed from was, you know, that uh, that Twitter post that um, Tear Down made about you know somebody being very upset about somebody QB hoarding and like, look, we've all been there where like, whether it's legal or not, you are very unhappy with a decision that somebody else in your league has made. And it's very sure. right. The scope, the scope of what <laughs> that entails is endless. And where you're just like, really Fuck this, Fuck you guys, I'm out of here. This is bullshit. You know, you're hot, you're hot. We all get hot. We all get hot for a sec. Um, but it's just like, you know, I don't expect everybody or even most people to conform by like the norm of like, okay, let's all, let's all do, this is what the book says, right? When you, play, when you go play blackjack, what do you do, right? You play by the book. And if you don't play by the book, you're an asshole. It works if you're playing by yourself and you can do whatever you want, but you're playing with a group of the table. <laughs> Fuck, I knew it. I knew the <laughs> of one, of, one of the four of us here being a black, one of those guys at the blackjack I've, table. I, I've never left a blackjack table down though, so. Oh God! Well, oh God! Like, I, mean, I want to see your internet browser history and how much internet blackjack you put. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I think we finally got Jagger though. I, I heard I heard his voice. Uh, basically, what I was just gonna say is like I find this whole thing ridiculous. And though I like, mm-hmm. I basically wanted to talk about the cautions of QB strategy because I've I heard like I, I heard most of yeah. what you guys said. And basically, like we're not gonna mm-hmm. punish anyone for doing whatever the hell they want with their team. But I can't get myself to do QB X because after a certain amount, what are you really drafting? You know, like, what are you really taking away from somebody? Because I'm thinking about, like, once you get to, like, Mac Jones, once you get to Kirk Cousins, like, I, I guess you're getting, like, tradable assets. But I don't know if any of you guys, any of you guys hit this, but when you are getting a surplus at a position, you are decreasing your chances at having high value at other positions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you're getting leverage out of, other people in your league but you have none on your own if you really think about it yeah because like i'm a guy who like wants to build from like my wide receivers so if i have justin jefferson you're like well i drafted mac jones you know or i drafted daniel jones what is that really going to actually get you in value you know no you're right because and i think you hit the absolute nail on the head with naming specifically that daniel jones tier because it's like after a few guys, it's like okay, most of most of fantasy is like okay, I guess I'll take these quarterbacks. It's not like wow, that's a guy that I want and I want him now. Um, it's just it's just not the case as opposed to maybe seventy skill position players where there could be varying degrees of that opinion on like I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him. So uh, you're just you're you're cutting your legs off. So none of us are going yeah, I agree. to um, do the strategy. And then like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like uh, to me, like hoarding any position, I think is just like a bad idea. Like, like yeah. out of out of all of them, I think wide receiver is probably the safest. But like Andrew, you've talked about this uh, like right here on this podcast about like I'm gonna get a bunch of wide receivers and then I'm gonna trade for my running back. But if you're in a league who thinks like they're still drafting in 2011. You know, it mm-hmm. might be really hard for you to move what, like 
which objectively a quality wide receiver to get this running back. So my strategy is just draft a well-rounded, balanced team. I know that sounds like incredibly boring and edgy, but I just try to draft a good fucking team. And like, I I can do things, but like, like obviously you're not going to have wide receiver one and RB one and like QB ones in every spot. But like, I particularly, I fade running backs, but this whole idea that like, well, I'm going to hoard one position. No, you prioritize the position, but I, I like you're, Yes, you're creating a market deficit, but all you're doing is just giving yourself your own positional deficit. So, like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, if you zig instead of zag, I guess that's one strategy. So, I guess the mm-hmm. only other thing that I want to bring up, um, uh, and I, I guess I'll pose this to you, Chuck. Let's say that you're not trying to win. Would mm-hmm. it, does that change, like, the QBX strategy? So I would just have Let's to get a couple like, more I'm clarifications for yeah. Bijan. This is t- 2022, and I, yeah, and I, and I'm and I'm I'm not trying to win. Maybe that is a different strategy because then you you can afford to take a hit on value in order to get draft picks or whatnot. Does that affect you at all? Is because in Dynasty we have that freedom to not compete all the time. You know. Yeah. No, um, ab- absolutely not. I think that you just have to let people run their course. Um, and especially, I mean, how many quarterbacks really ha- hold the baseline level of value in these drafts anyways? I mean, if you're doing a startup or something like that, I can understand. But it's like, just let that – that's the other thing. It's like, let that dude run. Um, you're, if, if somebody's doing that, then you're all – and the rest of your league is all at a similar advantage – some people might say a similar disadvantage. I'd say it's probably a similar advantage because you're going to recognize it early and you're going to handle it accordingly. Um, I, I just don't think it's making the ripple effect that uh, the drafter intends it to have that the draftees would respond to. I mean, uh, it, it's just a bunch of baloney. <laughs> really, to be honest. For sure. For I mean, sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. I guess we'll like anyone else got anything, just like give your proverbial skip. Go ahead, Chuck. I, I think I, I think I, I finally sorry, it took me a little bit to maybe once I read the post again and what inspired all this, you're when you talked about, you know, is it wrong to make personal, albeit legal moves, you're talking about like to spite somebody else, right? Like elite something that is like maybe this isn't in the interest of winning. And that's what I think maybe your last question was alluding to. Like, this is like, no, screw you. I'm taking quarterbacks to, to, to screw your team over, not to benefit mine. Is that kind of what you were alluding to with that? A little bit. Yeah. Because like, like mm-hmm. some people, I think sometimes as like, a, especially in dynasty redraft is a little bit mm-hmm. different because like you got those, you got those 18 weeks and it's yeah. fair game, baby. That's why like re- redraft is like Tinder. Mm-hmm. And then like dynasty is a long <laughs> haul with a marriage, you know? <clears throat> Yeah. Like, like, like it, it can be a little bit personal, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I read a report that like Bill Belichick traded up to draft a guy just to like fuck over someone else in his division. Like that, that is a part of sports. And, and like, maybe I'm like feeding into some type of competitive uh, alpha male, whatever, whatever statement you want to throw over thing. But like, that's a part of the game, folks. Like a part of it is yeah. disrespecting your friends. Like, like some of it is just like, Hey, yes. like sometimes Thank I you. draft players. Thank you. Yeah. I draft players that like, I like them the same, but I'll pick one player because I know someone else mm-hmm. likes this player. 
And that is literally something that will move me. I know that sounds weird, but it will throw their game mm. off in a draft. Like, well, exactly, because you know that, that if they have their heart set on that person, you're, you're, you're trying to make them panic. You're trying to make exactly. them start a tight end mm. run around early so that then everyone else pulls, starts ripping off tight ends, and then the guy that you wanted to follow then ends up falling. Like, it all kind of adds up and makes sense. It's all connected. I'm cool with it. Yeah, we're not competing exactly. against, like, typically, this isn't underdog where you're typically competing against, like, strangers and you hope your team performs well. If I'm playing in a league, I typically want to step on the neck of people and I want to look them in the eyes as they're losing the life yes. from their body. That's what we do this for. I don't. I, the yes. cash prize is great. The cash prize paid for all of my utilities this year. But the actual thrill of you losing um, hope, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> That's the sweetness. It's the dessert. Because like we all love a fucking steak, man. But like mm-hmm. if you get that like that uh that fucking lava cake at the end of it, that just sets Creme off the yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. It just, it just sets it sets mm-hmm. everything off. And 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 uh, to me, that's what keeps people engaged. Yes, make it personal because if you're personal, that person is going to try to fuck you over back. And you know what mm. that means? They're going to make moves, and you're going to have an active league. Mm. So sometimes you guys get upset just because you have a league that sounds kind of fun. Like if you're doing like personal <laughs> moves like that, then I'm just like, oh man, oh, yeah. I love mm. it. I love it. It's, it's like why we. Exactly. It's why we watch reality television, folks. We want to see the pettiness. I want to be involved in it. I want to affect it. It's why I've watched fucking like 11 seasons of The Bachelor. It's garbage. It's unhealthy. It's it's probably not that great, but it's fun. And I like it. And I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. Uh, so I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll leave it right there. And we'll talk about some Twitter takes from yours truly, Chuck and myself, um, I posted about James Conner. I didn't think this would be a hot topic at all, but as Twitter goes, you'll post something that doesn't seem that far-fetched, and then all of a sudden a lot of people are telling you that you should die and never tweet again. Um, So I don't think James Conner is worth even – I think he's worth being rostered, but I think he is way too high in ADP. I think it is – irresponsible for analysts to say you should trade for for uh james connor without context like some people are like he costs nothing and you can trade him we were seeing the same thing about zeke last year so i'll start with a rational wild card that i actually never really know what he's going to say mr sophisticated andrew go ahead what do you (laughs) think about this uh james connor is someone that when i see him on the draft board so far i just keep going I have exactly. no confidence in James Conner. Um, I have no confidence in even holding him as a as a valuable trade piece after a few weeks. Like this, uh, he's useless to me, which sucks because when we mm. first saw him in Pittsburgh and like just from an athletic standpoint, like he was fun to watch. Like he had, he seemed like he had that 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 extra step about him and, and the way he played the game and that. But then just like he was a violent else, runner, yeah, yeah, and then and just then, like everything else yeah. when it comes to running backs injuries injuries then change the way they play in the future which then gets them moved to a new team and a new offense that doesn't fit the scheme their style of running the same like it just and especially being on that offense in, in arizona like I, I no james connor's useless to me in all aspects see then that's my argument like people kept and and this is 
both right and wrong with fantasy. And I know this is crazy. It, like anyone can pick this, could pick stats and say it's wrong to choose them now or it's wrong to choose them in the future. But here's a case where we're only looking at last year's stats and not looking at the picture that we have in front of us. Because I've had people like the big one, they're like, well, here's James Conner splits without Kyler Murray. Because my argument is that offense is not good. They don't want to be good. Like they, they clearly have, like they are clearly kind of packing it in for next season, whether that's for Kayla Williams, like some people think, or whether that's for Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever. They're clearly packing it in for next season. I don't think it's worth, especially like, again, this is a dynasty show, folks. Redraft, we could talk about ADP later on on something else, but even even in that, I think it's too damn high that you are expecting someone on a rebuilding team with a new coach who is 28 years old and has never played a full season to be like the mm-hmm. crux of your team. Like like you, you're drafting <clears throat> someone to retire on your roster. Justin, you are a watcher of the NFC East. Let's put it that way. As a 49ers fan, what is your opinion on James Conner? Where are you at? Um, so I'm okay with him for a season. Uh, the real question is, is do you want to get stuck with it? Do you want to get stuck with the grenade because it's going to explode in 2024? Most likely. Uh, I would not expect the Arizona Cardinals to want to retain him after 2024. I would want expect them to be moving on cap space wise, maybe drafting a running back. And I think they probably have a good chance at this point of getting Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. and really revamping that entire yeah, offense. So for me, I'm going, sure, if I can get him at a decent price, and I'm not talking like first round pick, I'm talking like late second round pick, something I really like could care less about in a rookie draft. I'll trade him away for that if I have a rock solid team and I just need that complimentary back that's like going to be a flex some week. That's going to be insurance for my other backs. Sure, I'll take it because the workload's going to be there. I mean, this mm-hmm. team is going to be running the ball for the first however many games Kyler Murray's going to be gone. I mean, we could probably book in about eight of them, and then after that, you know, who knows? He could probably get shut down for the entire season just to save draft value for trades. So there is a damn good chance we see James Conner hit 300 carries easily. And if he stays healthy, maybe even go into that, like Derrick Henry 350 range where you're like, whoa, like, I'm like sorry, that. I cannot, be- I can't believe that whatsoever. Because like it's, it's two things. Like <laughs> it, 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 here's here's why I don't, I, I have to push back. What people don't understand to get that amount of carries, you have to have an efficient offense. If you're consistently playing behind the chains, you are not going to have those carries. And like that's what I'm saying. Like say what you want about Tennessee's offense, they've had their bread and butter, and they know what they're going to do. And that's why Derrick Henry has had that sustainable offense. If you think about the New England Patriots of like past and old, they know what they were going to do, and they have the proper offense to support a running back that does that. The the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the same thing. I, I, are we thinking Clayton Toon is going to lead a sustainable drive to have running backs that could consistently get that many carries? Like, I can't, I can't believe it. I cannot get there. Well, uh, and here's what we need Char- to remember too with 20. Sorry, real fast. People want to remember his 2021 season in Arizona. 
and because he, he had a good fantasy season then. The big reason is because he had 15 touchdowns. He had the same amount of yards as he had last year, but he had 15 touchdowns, which makes right. that season look a lot better. Right. To your point, Jagger, they're not going to be in the red zone all that often, I don't think, to where he's good. Forget the red zone. They're not going to be within the five-yard line all that often for him to get those touchdowns. Exactly. So I don't see him getting more just... than seven or eight touchdowns again this year. Probably less than that, though. Yeah, we're straight up doing at this point with James Conner. Well, he's the only guy. And with running backs, we can kind of do that, but like it doesn't work that well because running backs are the most codependent position yeah. besides maybe tight end. Like if you don't have a good offense, no matter how good your running back is, they're not going to be that great. Shout out to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Chuck, I'll let you have the last word before we move on to your hot take. Where are you at on this James Conner situation? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with varying degrees of everything you guys said. I'm going to project him for like 200 rushing attempts and maybe like 50 targets, maybe eight catches. <laughs> I don't know how much fun they're going to be having in Arizona this year. And I know it's certainly going to be a pain in the ass. Um, he's just, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he is a big, strong, powerful dude. Uh, I just don't know how much that's going to come into play this year. I think he could easily be a top 20 running back in fantasy this year, but maybe not a lot of RB one weeks, you know, just that kind of like consistent tallying up, you know, 80, 80 rushing yards on 20 attempts, you know, maybe a touchdown here or there. And then by this time next year, he's not going to be on a team, like you said, which spurred this whole conversation, right? He's going to go from somebody that people think they can pencil into their lineup as like a roster core to not even being a guy that you can have on your bench. Um, now, is this scenario where he has like a Latavius Murray type, you know, end of his career where he bounces from team to team, powerful red zone thread who can just be like a little bit of, you know, like a ring chasing type? Sure. Um, but that's not really something you like to bank on, um, especially with a guy who's been as banged up as he's been throughout his throughout his career, not early in his career, throughout it. So um, I, I just I mean, there's so much talent in the game right now. There's no reason to. um yeah, I think even a late second is a little much for. I mean, unless you're in a win Way now scenario, high. and you, yeah, if you think if you're in a win now scenario and you have the capital to spend, I would still push back against it. But I mean, if you're talking about value range, just just be careful. Sometimes these guys get a ton of volume, and they're Peyton Barber, and you know they're top ten in rushing attempts for the year, uh, but their defense is down fourteen started first, and they don't have a lot they can do. It's brutal. Makes sense. Well, we'll end it right there. We'll pay the bills one last time, and then we'll finish with our last topic. Uh, Jazz Casino, coming up next. Jazz, sportsbook, casino, and racebook, the world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. Our next Twitter take, it's to Chuck. He is someone who still defends George Pickens. I think that his market has corrected over here lately. And by corrected, I mean we're finally drafting Deontay Johnson ahead of George Pickens, which I think is 
even the right move in Dynasty. Um, is he ever going to be a wide receiver one? Chuck, since this is your topic, take us away. No. <laughs> and this is my topic. And I went to bat for George Pickens um, because I think that there's this unfair expectation. I agree with Deontay Johnson, and I agree that he is an un- – Deontay Johnson is the guy, and he should be the guy. This is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Not every wide receiver was born and even can be your Justin Jeffersons, your Chris Olaves. Like sometimes the NFL just has a need for a guy that can make big time jump ball catches, block incredibly, and just be a cool, tough dude. Those guys have careers. Maybe they're six years, maybe they're eight years, maybe they're 10 years if you're playing in Pittsburgh and you want to be a lifer. But just like a lot of these wide receivers, the downside of all of this is when you're not as crisp and clean and you don't have the well-rounded game that the other guys have, you're more and more dependent on your quarterback, which is tough when your quarterback is Kenny Pickett. Uh, But if your quarterback isn't Kenny Pickett for much longer, maybe there's a little bit of opportunity there. And see, uh, you you hit a good point. Um, A part of what makes me want to fade uh, George Pickens is not even just his talent in a vacuum, but it is Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett can support – anyone let alone like all the mouths they have to feed there (laughs) so to be honest i have very little faith in kenny pickett as a prospect Mm. i think he's like he's like desmond ritter with better marketing to 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 use a the quote of the week on twitter sure uh justin we'll let you have We'll let you have a turn on here. Where are you at on these Pittsburgh wide receivers? Do you like, or where are you at on Kenny Pickett? Do you like Kenny Pickett? Oh, I think so. Uh, I do not like Kenny Pickett whatsoever. Um, I think that it's pretty indicative of um, where he should have gone last year, knowing that he had, look, was it seven and five TD to interception ratio? He has weapons around him. He has a running back who is um, a wide receiver as well. He's got a tight end who was great the previous season. And he's got two wide receivers, one of them who's just an all-time stalwart as far as just being Mm -hmm. a possession guy. And then you've got, you know, George Pickens, who on any other team would probably be a star. So it's kind of hard to get behind somebody who can't utilize that much talent. But then again, I think he was a little overdone at Pittsburgh, at the University of Pittsburgh anyways. Um, I think the the hype train came in hard with him, and he ended up finding his way into a number one pick, which I don't know how, don't know why. Uh, Mike Tomlin would make that decision, but he stuck with him for another four years. So, long story short, George Pickens, once you get traded like Chase Claypool, I think you'll have a better career than Chase Claypool had. So, hopefully he gets traded. Fingers crossed, boys. Not to the And to get in the weeds, uh, yeah, like I don't even think he's a Patriots wide receiver, but to get in the weeds a Mm -hmm. little bit, um, I was pleasantly surprised by uh, George Pickens' reception perception profile. I don't like it's one of those things where I think I had like a different image in my head, but like when I actually like built this show sheet and like looked at it, it was a, it was much better than I thought it was. Like like he has a like a very well rounded profile, and and honestly, the things that he doesn't do well at is all the short, 
the short yardage stuff that mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson is best at, like like yeah. the digs, the curls, yeah. the slants, stuff like that. You know, like like like, and I guess with pure usage, that is fine. But I think to to be a total film bro and to dig in the weeds in that a little bit more, it's kind of indicative of what he is as a route runner, which he's not that great at one. And that's no, why I think that like, when people say that. Exactly. When he goes to another team, I don't think he's going to be anything much different. And he's like, mm-hmm. and like Jordan Mac, Jordan McNamara made a point today, and that's rare when me and Jordan McNamara are like on the same side of Dynasty. But like he said that he's Gabe Davis with better marketing. That's what I kind of feel like. Like he has a clear role, and that makes him rosterable in fantasy. But when we weigh that against his cost, which is like the wide receiver twenty eight, is that actually worth it? Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, no, well, because you're you're getting into exactly what my point was going to be. I'm going to make an outrageous comparison here that people are probably going to hate me for. So this is not a skill for skill comparison. This is a situation and role comparison here. But it goes right back to the Steelers, past Steelers. He's George Pickens is the role that Martavis Bryant played for them years ago. And he was very he was very good at that role with Pittsburgh. The second they shipped him out of there and he had to be more than that, that's when he showed his flaws. What worries me You got me Justin about, and me doing the same pose right now. You got, you what worries, know, just what worries me about George Pickens and Pittsburgh right now is that Pittsburgh offense, obviously, when Martavius Bryant was there, was a lot different looking, a lot more stable and efficient. I'm not sure Kenny Pickett or anything in that offense can sustain role players outside of Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryer being their, their, their stable uh, pass catchers. So I don't think he is a wide receiver one is the long way of what I'm getting to, to agreeing with Chuck. Uh, I don't think he's a wide receiver one on any, on any team. Cause I think he, mm-hmm. but I think if Pittsburgh can find a way to use him in his role correctly with this team, he will have success with this team. He just has to stay in that role. Yeah, and this is what happens with a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys' careers, right? It's like your DK Metcalfs and your Mike Williams develop because they have your Russell Wilsons and your Phillip Rivers and eventually your Justin Herberts. That's just what sucks with these guys is that the Steelers didn't do anything different except for just hope that Kenny Pickett plays a lot better this year. You can develop, you you can anticipate, George Pickens can have all the growth in the world. And it's really not going to matter because if they're going to turn him into like a bootleg Ryan Tannehill, well, how many wide receivers were able to thrive in Tennessee other than A.J. Brown? And Deontay, Brown, Deontay Johnson is the A.J. Brown of the Steelers if you were to just pick like an awful comparison type. Like it's just – it sucks. It sucks a lot. Yeah. No, I agree a thousand percent. And the last mm-hmm. point, and then we'll move to the lightning round of like what we actually will do with George Pickens if you're unfortunate to own him, is like mm. like we forget, like like Andrew, you nailed it. We're on the same page. Is like we forget Allen Robinson's there. And this is just camp news, but like everyone's saying that Allen Robinson is like fine. And I know it's Allen Robinson. Like I I know I'm just saying a name, but like we know what he is. He's not gonna be a wide receiver one, he probably won't be a wide receiver two, but the that is someone who could take targets away from Pickett, and they mm. arguably are going to play a similar role. So when you when you consider that you have Pat Fryer or Pat, Pat Fryermuth and Deontay mm. Johnson, I just can't spend the wide receiver twenty eight 
or, or, or like the the KTC is ranked 69 giggity. Uh, I just can't spin that in a startup. I can't spin that in anything when I know I can get better bets. And and this is what I try to tell people. I'm not saying James Conner is like unrostable. I'm not saying George Pickens is unrostable. But right now they they have like a lot a huge discrepancy in their market mm-hmm. value. And yes. it's hard to roster those players because right now I'm getting so many George Pickens trades where they're trying to get someone who I actually like, like Brandon Ayuk. Like I'll trade you George Pickens in a second for Brandon Ayuk. And if you put that in a trade calculator, that sounds good. But like, no, I don't want maybe George Pickens is good in a second who's not going to get me points. I want the points. I want Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to be good right away. You know, and I can see yeah, a clear you path, hunt. whether it's Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's Brock Purdy, whether it's Sam Darnold, apparently. You want to hunt George Pickens owners who may or who might have written him off and try and get below market. And because I mean, like, and I I don't think that that trade window is going to be open. I think I don't think you're going to see a lot this year from the Steelers that are going to encourage you from like a wow, look at the strides that this I can see where this is going. Because I mean, like, Andrew, you're talking about like you're right about like what that Martavius Bryant like flashing like flashy flashy play stuff, but like that was such a veteran team and such a veteran yeah. offense, and so just look for people who might be discouraged or uh, you know a buy low but not even buy at current market value or above them. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I'm under the argument. And this is a little hot. I think like. We talked about this like two or three weeks ago. George Pickens is entering unrosterable to me because I feel like having him isn't a player that's going to be a, a a difference maker as far as like what's going to help me win a roster. And I don't think I can ever move him for his perceived value. So it's just like someone who I'm always going to be perennially unhappy with on my roster. And that's like, again, I'm talking about like Gabe Davis. So like if you can move mm-hmm. – you're George Pickens. I totally would. Hopefully there's a guy who loves ESPN highlights because like, like that's the guy you want to trade him to, you know, um, Chuck's better than that. They'll give him credit. He, like, look at his Twitter account. He actually looks at fucking stats and shit. Uh, <laughs> I just think, we- I think he could be so good, man. I think he could be so good. And I think he could be mm-hmm. that. I really, that Mike Williams, DK Metcalf stuff is real. And that's not just a cheap, lazy, there like those guys are exact. They're exactly who they're asked to be. They just have the supporting cast around them to allow them to be that wide receiver. And there's a storied history in the NFL of guys, you know, who have fit that mold. Um, I just, I, I just hope that and the Steelers are a smart organization. They're the best mm-hmm. developers of wide receivers that I've had in my lifetime. Not just like yep. since I've been playing fantasy, yeah. like ever. So I yep. mean, you just love to see, you love that. That's the hope, right? It's the hope, but it's not the current reality. That's no, yeah, I think like. Yeah, like that's the perfect finishing point, to be honest, what you said. And like, mm-hmm. and I'll just close it to what we're all really saying. This is a Kenny Pickett post. If yeah, any, exactly. if, like, like this is totally like Kenny Pickett. If Justin Herbert was a QB, we'd be like, hell yeah, George Pickett's wide receiver 28. Because there's like meat yeah. on the bone there. But like mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, I just, I can't, man. I just, Stop. I can't, I can't. Mm. Sure. Well, that'll end it. 
this week, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, we'll catch us again next week. We got other things cooking. Again, I am Fantasy Blue Chip. You're also known as Jagger. That's my street name. That's my uh, <laughs> uh, my, my pedestrian name, I guess. And then with me, as always, is Andrew LeDuc, a.k.a. Real Mr. Mallard. And then Chuck Bass, uh, our favorite bass hole. You can catch him over at This Guy Sucks. And then he's here to save your lineups every week, twice a week, three times a week, if you consider all the shit he does for TSS. It's Justin Herrera. We'll see you again next week, folks.